You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. We've been working our way through this message series on the violence of love. Um, and last week we were looking at uh, what it means to have the violence in love and how we choose to think. So our key verse for the series has been that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of the heavens is taken by violence and the violence sees it. I hope that we're past the initial struggle of the association with the word violence, that you've now come to the place that it's a positive application, that it's something that we have to be the Catalambano that Andrew talks about and we all talk about. You've got to grab it and you've got to apply it and it takes some intention to be able to do that. So violence, as the Greek communicates it, is biastes, positive assertiveness used of the believer living in faith, God's inward persuasions, guiding and empowering them to act forcefully, i.e. fired up by God to act by his revelation. And then, as I said last week, we talked about the violence of love and how we choose to think. Did you find that challenging? Did you find it interesting? I hope you did the the science of it all. Um, But the responsibility on us to actually guard our own thinking and to lay hold of our own thoughts can seem a bit, well, I didn't sign up for this. I thought Jesus died and somehow he was going to rescue me at every point in my life. Now, I think that he will, but he may rescue you and uh, pull you up out of the waters that were once supporting you and give you a little slap and say, come on now, you can do better than that. But part of this journey really is that actually, I mean, even the title as I was writing it, I thought people could well be offended by the title. The violence of love and how we choose to think or in how you choose to think. And we've all done that, but I just feel so down and it's so difficult and everything around me. And, and what if the Spirit came and said, okay, so what do you choose in this moment? What? What would you expect me to choose? Well, he's asking you a question because you have options. So in all of this, hopefully what you're receiving is that we have got responsibility. And often the fruit that we're eating is fruit that we've chosen to eat. Deuteronomy 30, 19, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Did you find the one word application of the ministry helpful? I'd be interested to hear different, just to interview different people. I'm not going to do that. But I'd be interesting to interview different people and say, okay, so what, was you, what went on for you whenever the person ministry went, choose, choose? Did you think, I can't? Did you think, I need to? Did you think, I don't know how to? Or did you think, I don't even want to? What will you do? We looked at the science of the mind. Dr. Caroline Leaf went to beat Australia now, mate. You're not a victim of your biology. You're a victor over your biology. The mind is different to the brain. The mind is the person operating the computer, and the brain is the hard drive within the computer. The mind is of the soul, and the brain is, as I said, different to the mind. And your thoughts build physical substance. So when you're thinking, poor Anna, I think it was during the week, went, suppose you're going to tell us not to build a tree, build a different tree. And I thought, hallelujah, they're getting it. So when we think, and as I'm actually speaking to you, you're building a tree of dendrites in your mind that takes up physical space. 
And if you continue to think on them after 48 hours, they will still be there. But if you don't, they'll just fritter away. Which is why often whenever, if somebody was to say to you, either it's small group, Wednesday nights is good, isn't it? Yes. I'm sure Thursday nights is wonderful. Yes, yes. Wonderful. You're all dipping towards the finish line and everything like that. That's great. Well done. But if somebody asks you at small group and says, uh, what was Sunday's message about? Why do you think sometimes you go, I, uh, I, I'm not sure? Because it stays for 48 hours unless you're continuing to invest something into it and then it'll go away. What I would encourage you to do is take one thing. If there's one thing that hits you from this morning's message, just keep thinking about it. Dig into it. Google verses surrounding it, dig into the Greek and the Hebrew, you'll find an awful lot of benefit because it'll just expand the meaning of it. Like the, the word faith, meaning it's pistis when it's in the Greek. That means to be fully convinced. I often will say to lots of people, I'm fully convinced that this is what God wants you to do. It's a totally different way of saying I have faith. So when you dig into it, you might find some gold. So your thoughts build physical substance. The physical substance are called dendrites, and dendrites look like trees. And you design your own thought tree for either healing or for destruction. So you get to choose. Your mind is designed, did you find this a wee bit crazy? Your mind is designed to process love. It really doesn't know what to do with fear. You have to learn fear, but love is completely natural to us. It's the way that God's wired us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. And this really fascinated me. Your brain and your body are damaged by toxic thoughts. And a toxic thought is dealt with by the body in the same way as any other wound. And if you don't forgive, whether that's yourself, whether that's someone that's not with you or around you anymore, or someone you live with, if you don't forgive, you will not heal. And then the final thing I wanted to say was the neuroplasticity, that when thoughts are brought from your non-conscious, when they're in the non-conscious, they're rigid and they won't change. But when God brings them, or well, typically if other people bring them to you before time, you'll be overwhelmed by them. But if God brings them to you, you'll be in the place where you're ready to look at them. And at that point, when they move from what's non-conscious to conscious, when you go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I did that. At that point, then, you have the option to be able to change them. You have the option to be able to change them. So maybe we should change our prayers from, God, will you change this, to, will you help me recognize when you give me the opportunity to bring change to that thing? Will you help me to understand the times when I've missed it so that I'll recognize it when it comes? And God, would you help me to have all of the skills that I need to be able to do it when the opportunity is present? Which means then that we're saying, I get that I've got stuff to do here. But would you help me as I do it? And will you help me not miss the opportunity when you bring it to me? If we prayed like that, we would be praying from a place of, okay, I've got something to do, rather than the, <laughs> I just, why is it always rain on me? You know the Travis syndrome? Maybe I need to buy an umbrella. Maybe I need to learn to dance in the rain. Or maybe actually I could harness some of that rainwater and it's for my benefit rather than for my destruction. 
So what will you choose to think about? Because it's only you and God that can change and fix your mind. So if you've got nothing else, get that, that you get to do this. And that's a joy, but also it's a lot of work. And grace is not opposed to effort. And I think that if there's one thing that we have as a hang on from what we've learned before, it's that it should be easy. When God's involved, it's just as easy. It's obvious. There's signs in the sky. It's written out. To be honest, if there was a sign in the sky, you wouldn't do it anyway. If the National Lottery finger came along and said, Angie, here's three billion because I want you to change the universe. You would be going, must have been a different Angie. Was that really a voice? No, I, no, I don't know. So what will you choose to think about? Okay, let's get off that. So the next, the next message, today's message, is the violence of love and peace. So when I say peace, what do you think about? Is it the spat galgorm? You get the nice wee robe on and those disposable slippers that I think of Flipper the Dolphin choking on my disposable slipper. But anyway, I've got my slipper on and I've got my robe on and the, you know the music that goes bong every so often. And there's the spritzer and the smell's just glorious and you lie on that heated recliner and the windows are beautiful and the just looks glorious outside and you drift off just drift off into, or is it that you're at this beautiful lake and in the distance there's a fly fisherman and there's like a honk, honk, that wouldn't be romantic, but anyway, the geese are just honking their way just across and just, it's like a scene from The Little Mermaid, you know, when they do kiss, kiss the girl and it's just all beautiful. When reality, the spa's a wee bit more like the local gem and there's some big fat hairy dude that's offering profanities, complaining about stuff. You trip on your way out of the, the sauna, gracefully go into the water that's far too cold and you just... And on the day that you went to the lakeside, it's been raining. You realize that your butt is now completely soaking because you sat down on something that was totally soaked through to the core. The fly fisherman has just caught his finger and the acoustics of the water have traveled those profanities to your ears as beautifully as it could possibly be. And the geese that are flying overhead have just dumped on your shirt. It's a bad day. Are you, am I alone that peace, whenever I describe it, is some scenario that's outside of myself that is just and I'm snoring and my wife doesn't wake me because it's not annoying her and it's just all bliss. Peace at that point, whenever it goes all about pitong, is so very disappointing when your unmet expectations are crushed like a snail underfoot in the garden. And it's more elusive than a summer's day in Northern Ireland. We've had it all. There's moments, aren't there? There are glorious moments when you're with someone you love and everything's just lovely. And in those moments, drink it down. The soundtrack's playing in the background. It's like the scene from a movie. And I know that God wants us to have those things. But if our peace is solely dependent on what's outside of us, we're all going to be bitterly disappointed because we all know that we've been in the perfect scenarios and we've been in utter turmoil inside. So what does it mean that he's the God of peace? Well, the principle here is Romans 12 too, transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. 
So to be able to grab a hold of what it means to know him as peace that he is and carries and surrounds him, did you experience it a little bit this morning with the Sing to the Lord a New Song? There were moments, I don't think I was on my own, where there was just this ease. I would say that probably all felt quite comfortable within your own bodies. Your minds were probably at peace, and it just all felt like everything was just calm. Is that a few people's experience of that this morning? He, when he shows up in that way, when we can physically appreciate the manifestation of his presence, he brings peace. And it's lovely, and it's calm, and I guarantee you at that point, you're not probably entertaining a whole heap of dark or negative thoughts, or the list of things that are overwhelming you, or the relational difficulties that you have, or all of that, and that, and that, and that. You're just at peace. So we've got to let our minds be renewed. Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the word there for peace is shalom, which in the Hebrew is completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. Completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. That Greek word there is erone, which means one, which again is soundness or wholeness, peace, quietness, and rest. And its usage is peace of mind and the invocation of peace, a common Jewish farewell in the Hebraistic sense of the health welfare of the individual. So the shalom peace and the RNA peace are really one and the same because they're talking about the one person. And peace is a fruit of the Spirit that is seeded and gardened by the Spirit to maturity as we do life in Him. So the list of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they're all listed in Galatians 5. Have you ever noticed that you actually eat the fruit of the Spirit in other people's lives. So what do you eat in other people's lives? What is it when you look at everybody around this room, what is it predominantly that you're eating when they're talking to you or when you're, you're around them? Have you noticed that there are some people, and I'll often say this to them, I just want to stand beside you. Just, it's like, oh, just, it's like being in the spa. Boom. Just because of what they carry and the fruit that's present in their lives. People who carry peace, you want to be around people who carry peace. You want to be around people who know how to love and people who have goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. What a powerful quality gentleness actually is. We eat the fruit in other people's lives and what's inside or on, in the case of strawberries, on the fruit is... What's inside a fruit or what's on a strawberry? Seeds, right? So when you eat the fruit that's present in somebody else's life, what's the potential thing that could happen? Reproduction. So God often will show you a vision of something. before. If you're not a very peaceful person, you don't even know what peace looks like. So you need a working model of what that looks like for that to be seated into your life. 
And when that happens, then what Jesus talked about was, you know, the different scenarios of the types of soil and the situations. If your heart's teachable and your soil's ready, then actually that fruit that has just been seeded into your life by the experience you've had of the presence of the Spirit in someone else's life and the manifestation of that fruit, it'll then get seeded into your life. So hopefully, in the middle of all of this, you're going to go, that's what peace is. And then you, with the Spirit, can garden that seed to the point of germination that it's then evident in your life. And people will testify to you the reality of that in your life. So what seeds are you sowing? What fruits in your life? You'll go to the negative easily. What things do you do wrong? Well, there's this, and there's this, and there's this. What fruit of the spirits in your life? Uh. So think about it with the Spirit. What is it that you carry? What predominantly do you bring? Is it kindness? What do you appreciate about God? What's he shown you about himself? Is it his kindness? Is it his goodness? Is it that he's faithful? Will I guarantee that that fruit's likely in your life? So just, just ponder that. But we are forever sowing the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit that we carry in our life. And peace is a fruit of the Spirit. There's a difference between peace within and peace without. As it was given the example at the start, is it a place to you? Is it quietness and stillness? Is it a feeling? I would have said that. Is it being with certain people? Or is it doing certain activities? There's a difference with peace that is external and peace that is internal. And it is possible to be in a peaceful environment and to be in turmoil inside, as I've said before. I've been there many times. You take yourself off to the spa. You've just got some bad news. You didn't know that that was going to happen. You've been looking forward to that spa for six months. And lo and behold, you're there in your robe. The music's going bong. And you're lying on that beautiful heated recliner looking out into that countryside. And you're in a war zone inside. And it's also possible to be in an environment of turbulence and turmoil and to be at absolute peace. Because peace isn't out there, it's in here. So today we want to look at internal peace that is produced by life in and with the Spirit and the violence of love that's required to maintain it. You've heard me mention before Chris Fallotton. He's one of the leaders in Bethel in uh, California. And he said that we can either be thermostats or thermometers. When you're a thermometer, you come in and you take the reading of the environment that you're in. When you're a thermostat, when you're a thermostat, then you control the warmth or the coolness of the environment. So you get to have a choice as to whether you come in and you just read. Now it can be very, as a, as a thermostat, there has to be an element of a thermometer in it to be able to read the temperature to raise it up. But all a thermometer can do is read it. So I could walk into a difficult pastoral situation and go, oh, there's some strife and tension here. If all they do is walk in and do that, what do you think the people present are going to say? Get out! Because I'm too embarrassed to say the things I need to say to my spouse in this environment, and I don't want you here. Get out! Whereas I walk in and go, how's this working for you? What, what does love actually look like? Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are you expressing any of those fruit? Are you working out of the place of 1 Corinthians 13? No, we're not. 
Okay, do you want to do that? Yes, we do. Are you sorry for how you treated each other? Not really, but we won't say it anyway. Stupid woman. It's her fault. Driving up the spiritual temperature so that everybody's a lot more comfortable and love is expressed. So you get to choose whether you're going to be a thermometer or a thermostat. So often we internally adjust to what's occurring outside of us, don't we? The bad phone call, the difficulty, the situation that kicks off, the new puppy that we got and at half eleven last night decided to play chases in the garden. God, don't do that. As I left the trampoline to try and get the dog to come out from underneath the trampoline, I'm thinking it's dark anyway, so I have to put the light on to see if anything was done underneath the trampoline. But there's peace inside, so we're going to be all right. So what are you going to choose today? Because, listen, we're all in the boat where we've all just taken the reading and we've adjusted to the circumstances that we're in. John 7, 38, Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, as Scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So how God works is he wants to change you so that you can change the environment. So for so often, we're going to the spas, wherever that looks like for you, or expecting to go there, paying the price to go there or whatever, because that's the only shred of peace that we can find because peace is present outside. Whereas what Jesus wants to do is he wants it to be in here. We may struggle with this dynamic, but you think also of the person who's withdrawn and who is choosing to dwell on thoughts that kill, steal, and destroy. Even though they never speak, they will absolutely affect the exterior environment, which then either isn't addressed or it starts to affect it. So you could argue with what I'm saying. I don't think you are, but you could and say, well, that's ridiculous. How do you do that? Well, people do it negatively all the time. There's maybe celebration happening and someone comes in and they have a reputation and they have difficulty and they have offense and they're wounded and they're in pain and they bring all that into the environment and typically they're the ones that lead because the environment is totally affected by it. So you've seen the negative model. So why don't we be about being the positive one? The internal state to the external environment, then from the, ac- the internal state to the external environment to the internal state. So it goes forwards and it goes backwards and it goes forwards and it goes backwards and it goes forwards and it goes backwards. And the more mature you are, the more you'll find that you don't have to sing the song along with Roland Keating. Life is a roller coaster, just got to ride it. I need you, so don't fight it. If I've got Shirley in my life, it's going to be all right. We're in the roller coaster together, and the bar's down, and it's all wonderful. Shirley's just fallen off when it's unlooped the loop because she didn't put her barrier on the proper way. I can't have peace anymore because it's dependent on Shirley. Whereas we don't have to ride life like it's a roller coaster. We can ride that sucker ourselves, and we can be in charge. And the highs and the lows can be there to serve God's purposes. Because he said that he can, for those who love him, work everything around for their good and for his. John 8, 22 to 25. This is a very familiar passage. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. So he got into a boat with them, and he set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep, and a squall came down on the lake. What a great word. 
so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and they subsided. And all was calm. And he said, where is your faith? If we change that to, why are you still not persuaded that I am who I say I am? Does that open it up at all? He asked them, where's your faith? Frightened and amazed, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. What Jesus modeled was that what's inside him was expressed bringing dominion to what was outside of him. And the application of that was violent. Stop it. That's enough now. And what do you know they did? And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of the heavens is taken by violence, and the violence sees it. The violence of his love brought peace. And Dr. Neil T. Anderson, if you haven't read any of his books, he did the whole series of Freedom in Christ, and I've quoted him many, many times. It's absolute gold. If you want to read any of them, you can start with Victory Over the Darkness. Just fantastic. But he said, freedom is not the choices we make, but it's the consequences of them. Listen to this verse in that light. Freedom is not the choices we make, but the consequences of them. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, 5. What sounds like a total contradiction is merely the misunderstanding of a process. You want peace? Get some violence about you. When you understand the process, what appears to be contradictory becomes complementary. So Jesus got up, told the winds and the waves, you stop it now and you shut up, and peace came. He said to those that were trading and doing all sorts of things in the temple, created a whip, drove them out. He said, my house, my house is not this, it's this. Violence to bring peace. So in the year of the sweetness of completeness, have you remembered these things? We prophesied the year, the sweetness of completeness, where we would see and appreciate and experience the goodness of God, where God would bring together the part of last year and the part of this year into the sweetness of completeness. In the year of rebuilding and restoration, particularly of relationships, and in the year of stepping up to put your foot down, where do you need to express the violence of love to bring peace? Where do you need to leave to be able to stay? What do you need to stop doing to be able to start doing? What thought do you need to hold captive to find liberty in your thinking? And where do you need to deny yourself to bring provision to others? So let's talk briefly about the protection of peace. This is Philippians 4, 4 4-9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice, which means to be conscious of His grace, to delight in it, to experience it, And if you're not, if that's not your experience, if you're sitting there going, rejoice, you're telling me to rejoice. Do you like the way my voice just broke there as I went on? If you're sitting there and that's not your experience, why don't you be honest about that with God and go to him with some violence and say, listen, I'm not really appropriating your grace 
And he'll ask you a few questions that'll show you there's a few things that you need to do. But be conscious of his grace. Delight in it and experience it. Next verse, let your gentleness, which is your fairness and being reasonable, let it be apparent to everybody because the Lord's near. How close is he to you? Is he way, is he over in one of those fields over there behind some tree? Sorry, let me correct that. Would you like to think that he's, maybe he's actually in South Belfast. Maybe he's actually in Iceland. Maybe he's salmon fishing or something like that. Is he maybe towards the back? Or is he maybe right beside you? As you think in your heart, so you are. So if you believe that he's way over there somewhere, you want to act like he's way over there. Whereas actually if you believe he's right here, you may be really terrified because you maybe know that there's things that you're doing in your life that you shouldn't be doing. Well, he really loves you. He doesn't do condemnation. You want to feel a heck of a lot better when you deal with those things. So why don't you just make agreement with the truth? He's right here. The next verse, be anxious for nothing. And the word anxious means drawn in opposite directions and divided into parts. But in everything by prayer, which is a towards exchange, and petition, which is to pray specifically about felt needs. When I read that this morning, I went off on one. This and this, concerned about this, concerned about that person, wondering about this, don't know about that, would love this to happen, thinking about this, really want that, this is really troubling me, bit sore here, actually don't know what's happening there. Did I mention the person that I'm really concerned about there? Could you do something about that? And would you help me to hold myself in control and just control myself so that I'm not trying to control them because how they act scares me. Specific felt needs. Heartfelt petition arising out of deep personal needs, sense of lack or want. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. He wants relationship. If you're not feeling thankful, why don't you just drag your sorry soul into thankfulness? Start really, really small. Well, I'm really grateful that I have shoes today. I know that there are people in the world that don't. I have a car that works most of the time. I'm grateful for that. I have money to be able to put petrol into the car. I remember how you provided that car for me. I really appreciate that you did that for me in my life. Thank you for this home that we have. Yeah, and you, that's, do you remember the bank said no and then they said yes? That was, I learned this about you in the middle of the night. Thank you for that. And this circumstance that's really get me down, I'm letting that get me down, but I'm really thankful that I have you. And all of a sudden, what had you down here, staring at just this ugly little floorboard, how's he looking all around you going, my goodness, there's a lot to be thankful for. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, which means it's above, it rises above, and it's superior, will guard. It will guard. It will guard. Guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And the word guard means it's actually furore, I can't even say it, furoreo, which is a sentinel or a guard. It means properly to guard, to keep watch like a military sentinel, figuratively to actively display whatever defensive and offensive means are necessary to guard. 
So you get violent about getting peace. Peace is going to get violent about its present staying. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Nathan, could I get you guys up? Peace protects. You appoint peace as your protection when you apply God's principles to your life. When you do, you don't need to guard your peace. God's peace will guard you. God's principles lead you into intimacy with him. It's quite easy to get all sort of objective about the principles of God that just apply this and apply this, when actually what the principles do is the principles direct you to him. It's all about relationship. We are at peace when we know him. Can I get you to stand with me? So the question is always, what are you going to do with this? Are we going to continue to ride Ronan Keaton's roller coaster of life and sing a wee song about it to give us a wee bit of relief for a couple of minutes? Or are we going to let the work of the Spirit mean that the fruit of peace is going to grow in our lives? And the truth is that we get to choose. And as always, I've got some questions to help you to consider your response. Do you need to renew your mind that peace is an inside job? What if when the exterior circumstances that have been sovereignly appointed to you that are difficult and cause to stretch you are there because God wants his peace to take greater space and presence and dominion within you? Have you thought about it that way? Do you need to be violent in your application of love to bring peace? And finally, do you want the peace of God to protect you? And as always, if you can answer yes to any of these questions, or you simply want ministry, please come and join me now at the front. beside us and any effort we make you run you run into the places of difficulty and bring celebration and provision but most of all your love so as we worship you this morning would you ruin us with your love come Holy Spirit you have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.